Clap your hands, all ye people, and give God a shout of praise. If God's been good to you, why don't you lift your hands and lift up your voice? God wants to do something in this service that sets the stage for 2024. Do you believe that God's got a revival? God's got a harvest. God's, God's got something greater. God. don't know me. I know a lot of y'all in this building. <laughs> I watch your live stream a lot. And the video does not do justice for what God is doing in this house. How many of you are thankful to be a part of Cornerstone? How many of you are thankful to be a part of a revival church? A thriving church? Oh, yes. I'm trying to keep my dignity, Brother Marks, but I just feel like God's wanting to break something in the atmosphere today. I just feel like God wants to break some change in this building today. Does anybody believe that God wants to do it for your family? Does anybody believe that God wants to do it for your family, for your, for your community, for your neighborhood, for your youth group? So, the way I introduce myself, just give me a moment. My ambassador told me I could preach as long as I wanted to. So if I preach two hours, it's his fault. But the way that I introduce myself to people is I like to tell stories. Is it okay if we have story time with Brother Jones? <laughs> oh, you keep playing that organ. I'm going to feel my black spirit come upon me. <laughs> So I was headed to a, to a revival service in Georgia. And uh, I was running a little bit late. <laughs> and so I was going a little bit over the speed limit. Oh, none of y'all going to be honest like you do that. I was going 45 because I didn't know how to drive in the snow. <laughs> And so, on my way to this church in Georgia, I got caught in traffic. I'm thinking, Lord, I got to be on time. This is my first time at this church. God, you're going to have to move this. So, I'm thinking to myself, self? And myself said, huh? Oh, some of y'all don't talk to yourself. Yeah, you do. I said, I wonder what's keeping the flow from happening. And so, in my, my mind, I'm thinking, oh, there's a wreck. Somebody was texting and driving and hit somebody else. And then, Brother Marks, I finally saw what the issue was that was keeping all of this traffic up. <laughs> would you like to know what it was? Oh, y'all don't want to know? I'll talk to y'all then. Do you, would y'all like to know? And I looked, and it was a tire. Of all things that was stopping the flow, it was just a little bitty old tire. So this is what we're about to do before we get into this message here today. I need every person that's on the road. I need row captains. Is that okay today? I need everybody to be a row captain. Somebody be a row captain for your row. And I want you to look down your row and tell the people on your row, I ain't allowing nothing to stop the flow. I'm not allowing my past to stop the flow. I'm not letting things that I did yesterday stop the flow. But I'm going to allow God to do whatever he wants to do in this building. God, whatever you want to do, do it through me. If you want to do it on my road, do it on my road. But God, have your way. Does anybody feel that in the building? God, I want you to have your way. God, I want you to move. Hey!
my, my, my. I'm not going to let nothing big or small stop the flow. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn your attention to Mark chapter 6. I give honor to your bishop. How many of you love your pastor, Pastor Mayo? He has the most energy I have ever met for a young man. We got lunch yesterday and he's a revivalist. And I just love to be around people that think outside of the box. And that's your pastor. I give honor to my ambassador, all the ministry team, Brother Marks. I love you. I'm excited to spend some time with you. I love this church, but I do feel like God has a word for this congregation today. Is it okay if we switch gears for just a little bit? I do feel the Lord has put something in my heart for today. Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 14. Amazing job, musicians, singers, for leading us into the presence of God. If you're there, say amen. Mark chapter 6 and verse 14 says, And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elias, and others said that it is a prophet or as one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He is risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison. Now, these next three words, I want us all to say them together on the count of three. Three words for Herodias' sake. We're going to all say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. For Herodias' sake. His brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and holy and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. I feel Holy Ghost right now. 2.30 this morning, I woke up with a burden for this service today. God's going to help somebody break out of a prison today. God's going to help a lady get out of the prison that you've been in the last six months, the last... God's going to break the prison doors open for somebody in this building today. I come on assignment here today. Before I got here, I, I thought I knew what I was going to preach in 2.30 this morning. A heaviness came upon me. I'm going to preach to you from this topic today, voices. I'm going to preach to you about voices for just a little bit. I want you to lift your hands and ask God to minister to you and speak to you. God, we need there to be a flow from the pulpit to the pew today. God, I'm asking that you would anoint my lips and put the words in my mouth. God, I'm praying that you'd open the prison doors today. God, I'm praying that you deliver and set free. Man, I feel something sweeping in this house right now. God, I'm praying that you do a work. I should do a work in this building this morning that no man can get credit for. And God will give you the thanks. Come on, why don't you clap your hands right now? Come on, truly clap your hands and give it to God right now. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout amen. Voices. Voices. In the books, Habit of the Heart, Robert Bella and his colleagues interviewed a young nurse by the name of Sheila Larson, whom they described as representing the experience and views of many Americans on religion, speaking on her faith and how it worked in her life. She said, I believe in God, 
but I'm not a religious fanatic. I can't remember the last time I went to church. My faith has carried me this far. This idea has taken on the name of Sheila-ism. And what it is is all I need is just my little voice. I don't need a pastor. I don't need my parents to tell me what to do. All I need, Brother Jones, is just my little voice. Don't tell me what to do, Mom and Dad. I'm grown up. I'm 18 years old. I can live my life. It's about time that I spread my wings and fly. You don't, you don't tell me what to do. Just let me think for myself and let me be who I want to be. This is the new me. This is who I am. This is, this is me. Don't try to change me. Don't try to tell me who I am. I'm, I, this is how I feel. This is how I feel now. This is what this agenda of the world is trying to tell me. Who I am. Just dad, let me be who I am. And I feel in this building there are people that are fighting against the call of God. But you're also fighting an agenda of hell that's trying to destroy you. And those voices are whispering in your ear that you've got to identify this way that you like this type of sex. Mm. And it's my little voice that I don't need you to tell me what's right and wrong. I've got my own conscience. I can do what I want to do. It's the spirit of this age, just my little voice. When I come to church, I'll come because my parents are making me. But when I go home, I'm going to do what I want to do because all I need is just my little Voice. I don't want this church thing anymore. All I want to do is appease my flesh. I don't want this, Brother Jones. I want to just spread my wings and fly. I'm telling you, I come with a burden today for somebody in this building. It's the voices that's come against young people under the sound of my voice. It's, it's voices that have come against married people under the sound of my voice uh, that's trying to keep you from stepping in everything uh, that God has for your ministry and God has for your life. Uh, it's voices that are bombarding you when you go to sleep. And it will not leave you alone. Somebody better hear me right now. It's voices that every time you go home, it's contradicting everything you heard on Sunday morning. It's when you go home and you have service on Tuesday night uh, that those voices show up in your house contradicting everything you've heard. It's voices. Voices that's telling you how you should feel. Voices that's telling you how you should act. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody very specifically right now. This is, this is how I'm going to live my life. And I'll just do what I want to do. I know what I'm feeling right now because I was that young person. I was that child that grew up in church but got sick of people telling me what to do. So I've got these other little voices that I'm entertaining on my phone. Ooh. I've got other little voices that I'm entertaining through Snapchat. Oh, yeah. Through Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook that I'm secretly have on my phone when my parents tell me not to have the app on my phone. It's these little voices. Hey, Bubba, you're big enough. You're old enough. You're 16 years old. You can download whatever you want to. And it's the voices that's contradicting authority in homes. It's voices that's contradicting the authority of the man of God in some of your lives because you've given ear to it. You downloaded it on your phone and said, I'm going to do what I want to do. Voices. But anytime... There are voices in the world. God will always raise up a voice that will stand up against a voice. Faithful, set apart, committed, the one who prepared the way. He was the voice. He was selfless. He was the forerunner of Jesus. His message that he preached was repentance. His job was to prepare the people. His diet was a little strange to everybody else. He was one who consumed locusts and wild honey. To others, he was considered strange. But he loved his mission. 
to prepare the people for one that was coming. The Bible describes him as more than a prophet. He was God's mouthpiece. He was unworthy to unlatch Jesus' shoes. And he was a preacher. But the last way I want to describe this great man is the Bible describes him as the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Luke 7 and 28 states, there is none greater born of woman than John the Baptist. He was obsessed with what God had called him to do. The Judeans came out to the wastelands to see and hear this man preach. This wild looking man had no power or position in the Jewish political system, but spoke with authority. His message was never about him, but it was about prepare yourselves. People came to hear this man. He did no miracles. There's one thing he did do. He spoke truth. He spoke the word. And he was the voice. Yeah, I don't think we could handle John the Baptist nowadays. I don't know if we could handle him because he wasn't politically correct. <laughs> Oh, I'm feeling my meddling spirit coming on me right now. He didn't say everything politically correct, but he knew what his mission was. That I've got to prepare the people. It's okay if I get down here? Okay. I promise I won't spit on none of you. <laughs> so I just could see, yes, this man who has a reputation that people would go hear him. People would go listen to this great orator preach in the wilderness. I could see as people started gathering around this man, trying to listen to the message that he preached. Now, I'm going to preach to you today from the KJV, the Kerry Jones version. <laughs> but I'm going to stay in the book, I promise. I promise. I can just picture as John the Baptist is preaching in the wilderness and that there is this particular man that shows up to hear the voice. Hey, excuse me. Let me let me sneak in here. Let me get right there. Don't tell nobody I'm here. I can see that he's getting to the high point of his message. <clears throat> his Friday night conference message. And then he sees this man that's sneaking in the crowd. Hey, you! Who is he talking to? Everybody in the crowd turns around. <gasps> it is unlawful for you to be with that woman. Oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> he just called him out. Spiritual abuse, hashtag. <laughs> he called sin, sin. Oh, God, help me right now. He called it by name. He didn't sugarcoat it, but he said it's sin. It's not right for you to live with her. It's not. Oh, God, help me. Oh, just call it like it is. And I can see as everybody's saying, Whoa, no, he's talking, he talking to Herod like that. He, is he really talking to Herod? Does he know what could happen to him? but he was bound by a call that he was going to be the voice no matter who it hurt. It doesn't matter how my feet, if you got to hurt my feelings in order for me to make heaven my home, you can hurt my feelings. If I'm living wrong, Pastor Mayo, tell me I'm living wrong. Just as long as I make heaven my home, just as long as I make it, tell me what I need to hear, man of God. Okay, okay. Whatever, whatever you have to do. And I can see as Herod, the Bible says that Herod heard him gladly. Herod had a heart for the word. But this is the thing that I felt God tell me at four o'clock this morning. To get to somebody today, what do you do after you hear the word? 
What do you do after the message is preached and you come to the altar and cry and you feel the conviction? What do you do? The Bible says that we cannot be hearers only, but we must be, there must be action involved. There has to be action involved after we hear something that brought us to an altar. And we can't just say, oh, that was a good word, Brother Jones. But something's got to get in the inside of us that says, God, allow this word to marinate all week long. Allow it to marinate on Monday. Allow it to marinate on Tuesday. Allow it to marinate when I go back to school, when I go back to work. It can't just be here, but I've got to take it home with me. I've got to take it home. This can't just be something that I hear at the church and that's the last time I ever think about my Bible is when I come to church. The only time I open my Bible is when the evangelist or pastor says open your Bible too. I've got to to have a daily dose of the word. The bread of life that's going to nourish me. But this is the thing about old Herod that after he was confronted, John was just standing on the word. You go back to the Leviticus 18 and verse 16. The Bible says it's unlawful for you to uncover your brother's wife's nakedness. He was standing on the law. And then in Leviticus 20 and verse 21, the Bible says it's an abomination to what you're doing, Herod. It's an abomination. So the man of God was just standing on the word. So I just wonder what it was like when Herod had to go back home. (laughs) Where you been, Herod? Uh, I went to town, baby. Where did you go? Herodias, you're looking so beautiful today. I just... Where did you go? Well, I went to hear the the voice today. I thought we agreed, John. I thought we agreed, Herod, we weren't going back to hear John. What did he say this time? Ooh. Uh, well, he was preaching real good until he started calling some things out. He was preaching real good and I'm committed as long as you let me live my life. But until you, you, start, you start influencing my actions and what I'm doing. Listen, as long as I come to church and pay my tithes, you better be happy with that. You just better be happy with it, but you just let me. This is my life. I'm the priest of my home. Oh, man. Well, I'm not happy with that. And the Bible says that Herodias had a quarrel with the preacher. She was upset. That word quarrel is translated grudge. She was mad at the preacher because the preacher was doing what the preacher's supposed to do. But I just think you're interfering, Pastor. I think you're going a little too far. Oh, God. It's okay if I take my jacket off? took it off I think you're just stepping out of bounds you know let, let me parent my children this is my first time here God I didn't want to preach this you, you let me live my life and I, you know I'll just do it but you got a barrier pastor you can't go past this point point. so what happens is Herodias is trying to figure out a way because I'm not happy with what that preacher said. Oh, God. So now I've got to drown out his voice. We only have so much time with the saints of God per week. And all throughout the week, there's so many other voices that's showing up. 
There's so many other voices that's showing up and saying, you're not valuable. You, why don't you give me your purity? Why don't you give me your, why don't you give that to me? Because you don't need it. This is the 21st century. This is 2023. You don't have to keep yourself till marriage. And these voices start showing up. I feel this for a young lady in this building. And sometimes the voices show up in the form of a boyfriend. Sometimes it show up in a in the voice. It shows up in the DMs on Instagram that says, "Hey, you look really nice in that picture. Why don't we exchange numbers?" Sometimes those voices show up in a way that is appeasing to our flesh. And then those voices, and then those voices are contradicting the one voice that matters. I don't, I, we're not going to go hear that preacher no more. We're not going to Cornerstone no more. They just, they're too, they're too, they just have too many rules. Those voices start showing up. But Herod, what are you going to do? You are caught between two voices. And they're both vying for your life. You're caught between two decisions. What are you going to do? And so this is what we do. I need two guys. Come help me real quick. Okay, somebody ain't going to run. I just pick somebody. Come help me, bro. Yeah, come help me. Run. Run. No, come, come over here. No, you, you go over there. You stay there. You can tell we rehearsed this before church. So Herod has this great idea. I've got the preacher telling me my relationship's not right. And then I got my wife, who doesn't even belong to me. I've got her telling me, let's kill this guy. So what do I do? I've got two choices. I've got two voices vying for me. What do I do? The Bible says that Herod puts him in prison. Now, do y'all remember those three words I told you to remember? What, did you, what was it? He put the man of God in prison, not because he wanted to, but because of the influence of the voice. He made a decision. I'm going to put him in prison for Herodias' sake. I'm going to do this in order to make one voice happy. So listen, what happens in Pentecost, and I'm telling you, somebody better hear me today. Oh, I feel a burden for somebody in this building. What we do in Pentecost is we want to make both parties happy. The Bible says that Herodias would have killed him, but she could not. Why could she not? Because Herod was afraid. Because everybody's seen him as a prophet. So I'm going to make both parties happy. She wants to kill him, but I'm not going to let her kill him. I'm going to put him in prison. So that way, she's happy. And he doesn't die. You can have the best of both worlds. He's still alive and I'm still in my relationship. I can still come to church and feel the goosebumps and never make a decision. I can still come to church and run the aisles and never made a decision because I've been a hearer only. But I haven't put action to what I've heard and there are people, somebody better hear me right now. There are people frustrated because you continue to go through a cycle. I'm going to tell you how you break that cycle today. is when you hear the word, you go home and start doing something. When you hear the word, you put action to the word and do something. I can't be a hearer only, but I hear what you're saying, Brother Jones, but it's hard to let go of the relationship. They told me everything that I wanted to hear. It's hard to let go. It's my first boyfriend, and he said, if I come to church with you, oh, yeah. You know, we can date, and I'll go to church with you if you come to church with me first. Oh, Pastor Mayo, I could win them. Hey, but let me tell you something. Maybe they can win you too. It's voices. So I'm just going to appease both parties and I'll just keep them. My good friend, Isaiah Dunn, 
told a story that I, I told him, I said, bro, once you tell that story, I'm going to say it everywhere I go. But there was this man, y'all stay there, don't go nowhere, don't run, I'm going to need you this whole service. You're welcome. There's this man sitting on the fence, and on one side, it's an angel, and on the other side, it's the devil. And in this story, the angel saying, come on to this side, there's peace and joy. There's life everlasting. Come to my side. And the devil says, oh, you can do whatever you want to on this side. You ain't got no rules and regulations. Just come over here and stay over here. This is where the real fun is. Finally, the angel leaves and the devil leaves, but the devil comes back and he looks at that man and he says, you can stay on the fence because I own the fence. As long as you stay there and give God 50%, I know God's not going to be happy with your 50. So you just stay there because I own that fence. You live for God on Sunday, but make sure you give me something on Monday. You come up here and shout on Tuesday night, but you make sure you come back home Thursday and Friday to me. I, I, that's okay. You just, you just stay on that fence. I don't mind you giving me 50 and God 50 because I know God's not going to be happy with 50%. Oh, God. God's not going to be happy with you being one thing at church and another thing on your job. He's not happy with it. Because the Bible says if you're lukewarm, he'll spew you out of his mouth. He'd rather you be hot or cold. Herod, what are you going to do? Herod, what are you going to do? There's two voices reaching for you. One's appeasing your flesh and one's hurting you. And the Bible says that Herod heard him gladly and did many things except one. That word, he did many things, is translated he was perplexed. He didn't know what to do. I love her so much, but I like hearing him preach. This is all I've ever wanted, and you're telling me to let it go? I've been waiting for Mr. Charming, and now you're telling me he's wrong? This is all I've ever wanted. And so Herod thought he was okay because he observed the man of God. That means he put him in a private prison. He thought he was good because I'm going to put him in a place where nobody could touch him. But I wonder how many times he maybe went to that prison cell and said, can you give me one more word? Maybe John the Baptist said, it's unlawful for you to be with her. It's not right what you're doing. And he has to go back home with Herodias. But you can't continue to live in indecision because when you live in indecision, you're actually making a decision. So too many people are enjoying the best of both worlds. I feel the call to preach. I'm a preacher on Sunday, but a player on Monday. I feel the call, but I just, ah, Brother Jones, you just don't know how enticed I am by that. So we have the best of both worlds. and We watch people backslide. And we wonder, where did they miss it? Where did they go wrong? They were trying to have both things. But Herod, what are you going to do? And the Bible says, there comes a time, a convenient day, Herod's birthday, that Herodias is working behind the scenes. I know how to get him. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with the preacher being in prison. I'm not happy. I know what I'm going to do. Herodias knew what made Herod tick. She knew what to say to him. So I know what I'll do. In order to get him, I'm going to get him to a place 
where he's overwhelmed with entertainment. I'm going to get them to a point where entertainment is voicing things to them. Come here to me. Give me this. Give me that. Instagram is some of the worst things that is happening to this generation. And I'm on social media. And I used to be a youth pastor for five and a half years. And I'd watch apostolic young ladies come into church. One day with their head up. The next day with their head down. Because they don't look like the other girls in the world. You were made in his image. You were made in his likeness. God didn't make a, man, I feel this right now. God didn't, God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He made you in his image. He made you in his life. There's nothing wrong. I need some parents to help me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's nothing wrong with you. There's no, I come against the spirit of depression. I come against the spirit of suicide. You are made in his image. You are made in his likeness. You are not made on mistake. So we start comparing ourselves to other girls. I want to be just like her. But what we don't realize is that girl is looking at you Because they're saying there's something different about her. I want some. Why is that long hair so powerful? Why is that dress? She don't look like everybody else. But it's the voices that are showing up. That are whispering in the ears. It was a voice that showed up in Genesis 3. Hath God said. It's a voice that showed up in the form of a giant. Send me a man. It was a voice that showed up in Potiphar's house that said nobody else is going to know. And the Bible says day by day she shows up to tent Joseph. Every day that voice would not leave her alone. Would not leave him alone. And that's what's been happening to some of you in this house today. You have been bombarded by voices Vying for your life. But on a convenient day, Herod, if they shows up, I know how I'm going to get you. It's through my daughter, Salome, who a lot of commentators believe that she was only a teenager when this was happening. She'll do whatever she has to do in order to shut the mouth of the man of God. I'll do whatever. I'll even use my own children to get my desire. So she shows up to the party. Ha <laughs> ha! Herod, what a great party. We've had a good time, Herod. It's a great party. And I can see as the door is open. And a young teenage girl who don't know no better walks in. Commentators believe that she showed up to the party dancing in a circular motion. And the closer she got, the more clothes she began to take off. So what does that mean? That at the beginning of what Herod saw, it probably looked innocent. It's just Salome, she's just walking in. But the closer the entertainment got to him, it started sucking him in. It seduced him to a point to say, I will give you up to half the kingdom. I'll give you whatever you want because the voice was not satisfied until I get him to a point where he's intoxicated with entertainment. Yeah, we got all these rules, but you just spend all your time on Snapchat sending pictures. I'm not just saying stuff right now. You just send those pictures off. Nobody's going to know. 
going in a circular motion, going in the cycle, never satisfied. All right, you please me well. I'll give you what you want. I don't think Herod even realized what he was doing. I don't even realize, I don't think he realized what entertainment was taken from him. I don't think he even realized what he was about to sacrifice because he was entertained. I'm telling you, I feel a burden for somebody in this building right now. Up to half the kingdom. I can see as the young teenage girl goes back and run to mommy. Herodias, mama, you were right. He fell for the bait. What should we ask for? I don't want chariots. I don't want horses. I don't want livestock. Give me what's valuable, the head of the preacher. Give me the preacher. I can see is maybe she's taken aback. Mom, that's what you want? Go. And the Bible says that straightway she makes haste. Hold on. She runs. There was an urgency. Why is it that she was more urgent than Herod? Because Herod thought he could just have the best of both worlds and never make a decision. And she made haste. She ran. When she knew her assignment, she goes back to Herod. And I believe he's still intoxicated. Herod, I know what I want. Okay, baby, what do you want? I want the head of the preacher. And then, this is what I never realized until recently. Salome takes it that much further. Herodias didn't ask for his head on a charger. Salome did. So the next generation will take it that much further. She wanted the head of the preacher, but the next generation wanted to mop the preacher. There's commentators that believe that he wanted it, she wanted the head on the charger so she could go around telling all the guests, we got him. That's the preacher. That's the voice. We got him. I got him. The Bible says, because of the old sake, I'm bound to my word. I've got to do it. And because of the friends around him. Did you hear what I just said? Because of the friends around him. Notice, he put John in prison for Herodias' sake. And then he carries out with the oath because of the friends around him. He's motivated by people that surround him, surrounding him, and he cannot make his own decisions. Everybody else is doing it. Why can't I, mom and dad? Everybody else is doing wrong. Why can't I do wrong? Can you not stand on your own two feet? It's just, it's the end thing now, Brother Jones. Why are you being, making a big deal about it? It's those voices. And the more, somebody better hear me, I feel the Holy Ghost just put this in my mouth right now. The more you start listening to that voice, that voice becomes your voice. And you start speaking. And you start speaking in unison. And all of a sudden you've been hanging out with that group and now all of a sudden you start talking like them. You start saying the same slang word. I feel Holy Ghost, you start saying the same slang words that they're saying. It's because you've listened to the voice so long that y'all have become unison and you start speaking the same things that they're speaking. God have mercy. Because of the O's sake, I'm bound to, I gotta do it got to do it. And so he cuts the head of preacher. Head falls off. 
Great job. There's no head. It's severed. What does the Bible say? That the anointing flows from the... When I cut the head of the preacher off, I cut off the ability for the anointing to flow properly. There is no flow. I need you to stand up, dead man. Stand right there and face me. Stand right there face me. But I, I just wonder, and I'm closing. Come help me. Great piano player. I don't know where he is. Come help me, brother. I just wonder if Herod wasn't doing his own little dance. I just wonder as he's hearing the man of God gladly and did many things except one. I wonder if he said, I hear you, John, but I just love her too much. We know that repentance is a 180, not a 360. And I'm afraid there's people in this building that are doing their own little dance. I'll get it right one day, Pastor Mayo. You come to the altar and repent. And then you go back to it when you get home. I hear you, Brother Jones, but I just have to explain to them why we're not talking anymore. And then you get sucked back into the relationship. Circle. It's a change of direction. True repentance is I'm not going back to that. Did you, no, somebody needs to hear me. True repentance is not going back. It's not saying I'm sorry just to make your conscience feel good. It's a change of direction. But I'm afraid we have become intoxicated with coming to an altar and crying tears and we walk out of this building the same way we came in. Because while there's conviction we say, I'll take care of it when I get home. And there is Herodias waiting on you when you get home. There she is waiting on you saying, I know you prayed at that altar, but I know you're coming back to me. I know you prayed real good. And people surrounded you and you prayed through. But that's going to lift when you go back home. God in mercy. That feeling that you got, it's going to lift you by the time you get home. You don't have enough resolve to say no to me. So we get frustrated with the cycle. And we get upset and we say, I can never make it. I can't be what God's called me to be. I struggle too much. And what you've literally started, you've started saying what the enemy is speaking to you. Y'all have become one voice. Huh? Herod? What happens, Herod? When you make the wrong decision, I'll tell you what happens. Herod has done this dance so long that he cuts the head of the preacher off. And at the beginning of our text, people were telling him of this man that was doing mighty works and his first thought was John the Baptist has come back because you may kill the preacher but the message will never die the message will never die you can't get away from it it doesn't matter how far you get from Cornerstone. That voice is going to show up in your bedroom. It's going to show up while you're at the bar. It's going to show up at your job saying you're better than this. You're called to be a preacher.
preacher. I'm telling you, I feel this right now. I feel an unction on me right now. I'm telling somebody that's grown up in church all your life, uh, you're never going to be able to run so fast uh, that the call of God is not right behind you. You better hear me, sir. You're never going to get away from the call to preach. God help me. But I've seen things that happen to people in ministry. I don't want it. So you've convinced yourself, I'm just going to be a business owner. There's nothing wrong with business owners. But when God has called you to preach, and that voice won't leave you alone, it shows up while you're making all that good money and saying, there's more. There's more. I know you're running, but there's more. But there's that other voice that shows up and says, oh, if I start preaching, I got to give up a lot of stuff. If I start preaching, I can't do what I want to do anymore. The Holy Ghost is speaking to a man in this building right now. If I start giving my life to God, that means I can't do certain things anymore. So we go in cycles. Just like the children of Israel. Constant cycles. But then he comes face to face with the man that these people were talking about at the beginning of our chapter, Jesus, the miracle worker. And he becomes, comes before Herod. And the Bible says, and when Jesus comes before Herod, he don't open his mouth. Why won't Jesus speak to him? because he already sent him a voice. God sent me an angel. He's already sent you an angel. Send me somebody that'll give me a word. You've already heard the word. But it's what happens. Go tell my brothers about this place. No, 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 no. They already got a voice. It don't matter if I resurrect you from the dead. If they won't listen to the voice I've given them now. Somebody, come on, somebody. You got to hear me. I'm trying to speak this as loud as I can to tune out the voices that have been telling some people in this building, you'll never be what God called you to be. I'm telling you, God spoke to me on the plane on the way here, Bishop. And this is what God spoke to me, two words. Season shift. A season shift is going to happen today. And some of you are not going to run anymore. But you're going to say, God, here I am. I'm going to listen to your voice. He that hath near, let him hear. Can you hear God calling you? My sheep know my voice. And God's reaching for some individuals under the sound of my voice. That if you'll let go of those other voices, let's stand all over this house. Thank you. If you'll listen to the right voice today, Bishop, I believe what you said today. The greatest days are yet to come. The greatest days of Cornerstone has yet to come. There's a revival. There's a harvest. But I believe this is why God has directed me to preach this today. Because there are people in this building that you are a key You are a key to the next level. 
And God said, will you listen to the right voice? I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear me, there are voices vying for your life today. There are voices. There are ministries. Ye God. that have yet to step into what God has for you. But you got to say, I'm not going to listen to those other voices anymore. I'm not going to listen to the voices that say I'm inadequate and I can never do. Those shoes are too big for me to feel. I can never do what God has called. The devil is a liar. It's time. It's time. Sir, if you'll surrender your life to God today, God will take you places you never thought you could go. And I'm, re- I'm telling you, I'm reaching for a man in this building that you, heard, you, you can hear, you can see, you can remember the, the camps where God has spoken to you and told you, I've called you to be a preacher. Brother Jones, I I got so much baggage. I've got so much stuff, Brother Jones. And you started listening to that other voice. But this is what some of you got to do right now. Is you've got to defy that voice today. Right now. That voice is telling some of you, don't come to that altar. You got to defy that voice today. Don't listen to that preacher. Somebody's been talking to him. Nobody's talked to me. You got to defy that voice today and say, I'm more than a conqueror. I can be everything. So listen, if you're in this building, I want everybody to listen to me. If you're in this building and God's been talking to you, I want you to come to this altar right now. I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to look around and see who's moving. I want you to move right now. I want you to stand when you come to this altar. I want you to stay. I want you to stay. My God. Bishop Mayo! I'm not going to run from the call no more. I know I messed up. I know I've done things wrong, but I'm not running anymore! Voices. Voices. Can I? Where's Bishop at? Is she still? I'm going to tell a lady in this building. If I step out of line, you stop me, Bishop, wherever he is. I'm telling the lady in this building, you're not going to lose your mind. You hear me right now? There's been a voice telling you, you're going to lose your mind. I defy that voice in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I feel chains about to break off people today. But listen, I'm telling you right now, this is what I see in the spirit. I see a key going into a prison door and that door opening. I see a door opening for somebody in this building. All you have to do is put action. All you got to do is step out you hear the word but now I'm going to be a doer I'm going to put action to what I've heard if you've got to delete somebody's contact I'd do it right here at this altar if I've got to get rid of the voices before I leave this building I'm willing to do it because 
because I hear the voice. I feel God in this. I feel something sweeping in this house right now. I feel chains about to break off some young ladies. I feel some chains about to break off some young men. For you to be everything. Lift your hands. It's here right now. Lift your hands. It's here right now. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to step into everything that God has for you? I want you to begin to lift up your voice. I don't want you to listen to that voice. But I want you to defy the voices that's trying to keep you quiet. The voices that's trying to keep you bound. Lift up your voice. Come on, church, we need to pray. There's something trying to break in this building. When you lift up your voice, something shreds in the atmosphere. Something breaks. Something breaks.